hello, my name is, and some of you might know me, my name is Ludo. I'm one of the two co-founders of East Meets West. And we are happy to welcome uh, you to the a new podcast, number 13 in total already. And as you might know, it's part of the East Meets West Spotlight series. Uh, for the newcomers to East Meets West, there are still people that join us and have not only know our name, but don't, don't know what we do. Just a small introduction. Uh, we are Vienna, so Austria based, and we are a network of LGBTQ professionals from uh, Western and especially Eastern Europe. Our major aim is to improve the social acceptance of the LGBTIQ community in the different countries. And next to the permanent focus that we have on human rights, and this is something that's always there, especially in our East European uh, region, we certainly believe also in the driving force of the business world. Business world to create strong and successful LGBTQ role models inside and also outside of the community. And we have been doing this now for almost 10 years. Hello, also from my side, I'm, I'm Pavel. I'm the second co-founder of East Meets West. Uh, great and pleasure to, to be here once again for, on the spotlight uh, and can't wait to hear our two guests. Ludo will introduce them in a, in a second, but let me maybe tell you a bit about uh, our work. So Ludo was telling you what we stand behind, but uh, so what do we do actually? What do we do throughout the years? Uh, number one, it's, it's mostly for our conference. So we always gather together people around the conference. The last one was in Bratislava the year before. This was in in Poland, uh, in Warsaw. And uh, let's see where 2023, our, our actual anniversary conference will, will lead us. But uh, it's not only the conference uh, what we do. Uh, throughout the year, we meet so many different people and uh, many times quite inspiring personalities and uh, many times also people with uh, great ideas and great projects actually and this is the reason why we bring them together on a spotlight and uh, it will be for well now for, uh, in a few minutes the next example of of a bright idea which uh, which is coming from two countries uh, portugal and uh, and latvia besides spotlight beside conferences uh, what we also do is uh, we actually uh, activate many times the business environment in countries where this is needed. Uh, one of the latest examples is Slovakia. We are trying to help uh, there and activate the business community and uh, and get help towards, uh, towards more inclusive Slovakia. Today we have the pleasure to have with us Ignacio and Kristaps. Both of them, they jointly manage uh, an organization that is called LGBTQ plus founders. And I quoted here, I mean, I was also looking at what they stand for and I can, I just have to read it. Otherwise it's too complicated. They call themselves a community devoted to give voice to LGBTQ founders, investors, friends, and this way build a more diverse, inclusive and fair future for entrepreneurs and startup founders. Yeah. And I mean, when I listen to this, I think to myself, this is intriguing. This is interesting. So we need to talk about it. We have to know more about it. So let's meet them. Here we are, Ignacio and Christophs. Uh, hi, thank you all. And uh, thanks for inviting us. I think it's uh, what you do at East and, East and West is, is something incredible. And we're, we're trying to uh, do something similar with LGBTQ plus founders. But a little bit about me then. Uh, before we jump into the topic of of our uh, of our organization that we founded, so I am a startup founder myself. Uh, I come from Latvia, 
Uh, but I lived, before moving back to Latvia, I lived abroad for almost 10 years, mostly in Denmark, the Netherlands, and uh, China. Uh, but then I decided uh, in 20, what was it, 2018, I decided to come back to Latvia to start my business. My background is in uh, healthcare. I studied innovation in healthcare in Copenhagen Business School and the University of, uh, or uh, Rotterdam, uh, Rotterdam uh, what is it, Rotterdam Erasmus University. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I also did research in two large hospitals, one in Copenhagen and one in Latvia. And I researched stroke care organizations. So basically how the stroke care is organized, both in acute, subacute and chronic stages. So uh, so uh, after this research and after I graduated from my university, I decided to do something in the field of healthcare and, and specifically in the field of stroke. And even more specifically, uh, we are reorganizing the chronic stroke care so that people get uh, rehabilitation treatment as soon as they need it instead of waiting in a line until they are admitted to a rehabilitation center. So we are offering rehabilitation in patients own home through our digital software and through our team of uh, rehabilitation specialists that work with the patient to achieve their goals. My grandma suffered stroke uh, three years ago. I had already started Vigo. We, get, we gave her Vigo. She was, the, she was among the first patients and she recovered within half a year. Uh, completely. She's still uh, alive and well, 87 years uh, old, and uh, and uh, and even yeah, even being 84 three years ago, she recovered incredibly well. And we have many patients now under our uh, still under our supervision, and we have helped many patients in Latvia, and we're going to a U.S. market now. So being an um, being an entrepreneur uh, and coming from an LGBTQ. Um, um, I don't want to say world, but but I mean I'm I'm gay, so I have I have experienced a lot of um, I would say uh, unique um, experiences uh, by being an entrepreneur and coming from uh, be, uh, being a part of this community, and this is the reason why we started LGBTQ plus founders. But I'm gonna let's let's jump into that uh, later on. Ignacio, floor to you. Thank you very much. Well, my name is Ignacio. I'm originally from Spain. And uh, 10 years ago, I, I had like a stable job in Spain, and but I found out that I was not happy. Uh, I really was not happy with my life, so I decided to make a change. And I quit my job. Uh, I started, uh, uh, you know, I, I, run, I started to try to run a business, uh, got into the startup environment, ecosystem. And then I uh, also became a digital nomad and started traveling the world. So that was like a very, um, a total change in my life, so to speak. And uh, when, when traveling around and trying to run my business, I discovered how difficult it was for someone who is traveling and wants to do everything online to run their business. So uh, looking for a solution for myself, I ended up uh, founding Compania, which is uh, the company that allows you to open and run your business completely online. It was started as, as a solution for uh, for ourselves, my partner and I, which is uh, also my my husband. So uh, yeah, right now uh, we are in Portugal, as I mentioned, uh, but we are able to travel the world uh, thanks to that. 
And we met, Gustavs and I met at the SLAS conference. Uh, so we'll, we will talk about that later. And that's when we found that we had some similar uh, issues, some similar challenges, and some similar ideas in our mind. And that's that was the beginning of, of everything, right? What is actually to be a digital nomad? Because some <laughs> may have read the article in CNN about you and your husband, Miguel, but uh, those who didn't, uh, tell us something more about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry about the background noise. I'm in a co-working space. It gets a little bit noisy sometimes. So the idea is that uh, a digital nomad is someone who does not live anywhere in particular and everywhere uh, in general. Uh, we, we sold our properties uh, 10 years ago, our house in, in Spain, everything we had and, and reduced our belongings to the, the ones we could fit in our suitcase and decided to, you know, uh, take a trip. We started in Latvia, uh, coincidentally, and we love Riga, we, we fall in love with Riga and that was like the beginning of our, our trips. And for us, it's very exciting because uh, we get to know so many different cultures. We have traveled through half of the world and, and it's so exciting. It's, it's a lifestyle that is not for everybody, but it really gives you freedom. I mean, how is the real life and how is the, the, the life of, of, of a regular person and, and regular LGBT community person in, in Riga? Because it's not the most maybe liberal and most welcoming LGBT-wise uh, country in, uh, in Europe. Right. Um, I mean, living in Riga has... Uh, oh, okay, so I'm going to be honest. I mean, now when the sun sets at four o'clock or earlier, it's depressing. And, and then it rises up at, I don't know, 8.30 or 8.40. Uh, so when I go to work, it's dark. When I come back home, it's dark. So it's dark all the time. Uh, in that sense, it's depressing. Being a gay person in Riga, um, it's... Um, I mean, I especially in a capital city like Riga. Riga is the biggest city in the Baltic states. And, and it's it's a lot of diverse people here. So I have, I have not fortunately encountered any problems by me being openly gay in Riga. If you go to the countryside, I've, Latvia is not uh, the most liberal country, but at the same time, people are respectful and quite quiet and really um, quite tame. Um, I mean, we, we are still modern Europe, so everybody really keeps to themselves uh, and are not, uh, um, how to say, wildly unspoken, uh, outspoken or, or um, anything of uh, that sort. We really keep uh, things to ourselves and mind our own business. So um, I um, thankfully I haven't encountered a lot of uh, discrimination or really any discrimination, um, especially in Riga. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm when I'm planning to get married with my partner, then of course we can't do it in Latvia yet, and and that is a that is a, um, a fight that we still continue to fight here. But we're not the only country in that in in that fight. So there's I mean most of the world is still fighting that fight. Then my question is, at a given moment, you, you started LGBTQ plus founders. Yeah, you said we have to do something. Yeah, for me and Papa East meets West. It was a coffee that we were drinking in Prague where we said we have to do something. And we, we started East meets West by with our job and everything. Uh, how did it work with you that you say we have to do something there? How did it start? Yeah, well, actually, it started in, in Slash uh, in 2021, uh, December 2021, maybe, if I'm not wrong. So uh, I met Christophe there. I, I was visiting because I was fundraising 
and we were attending, both of us were attending a, a, a talk by a girl, a female founder who was talking about how difficult it was for her to uh, face the, the busy world, being a woman, and sometimes the challenges for her as yeah. opposed to being a white, white male straight uh, founder, right? And then we were discussing, uh, luckily for some of these coincidences of destiny, uh, Christophs and I were in the same table and we were talking about uh, that and Christophs was very brave and, and, and at a certain moment he said, you know, uh, I face similar, uh, similar challenges uh, that, uh, to the ones he's talking about because I'm a gay founder and I have these issues and, and he uh, said it so uh, directly and so unapologetically and so clear, crystal clear and so I said, wow, these guys it's remarkable what he just did, right? I never met a founder who was part of the community before. And then we started talking and we discovered that we had a lot in common and a lot of our struggles and challenges were uh, really the same. So that's how the whole thing started. At least it was for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, um... Um, it was really this this uh, event that brought us together. Uh, I mean, Slush is, by the way, a big uh, startup conference uh, in uh, Helsinki, as Ignacio said, and and that's where we met. And I really, you know, by hearing what uh, women go through when they speak with uh, investors, I was like, I face many of the same um, kind of ethical um, <clears throat> challenges, let's say, because. Uh, um, when uh, and I'm gonna give an example, you know, be, uh, and and there's actually one difference between a gay founder and a, and a female founder. A gay founder might as well look like a like a straight male, um, and and when invest, but when investors who are usually straight male, uh, when they start speaking with you very friendly, they might, uh, 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 you know, they might start speaking about um, women or some minorities in derogatory way. And I was and and I have had that experience and I didn't know what to do. And it was so uncomfortable because in, on one hand, you want to raise money for your company. On the other hand, you don't want to raise money from people that does that could not support that would not support your community. And yeah. so I was like, oh, this is so awful because, uh, yeah, and because I, I couldn't always be truthful. And then I realized. Oh my God! I just want to. I, I I guess I need to say that I'm gay every time so that people would know how to speak to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, so there was there was those kind of challenges. And I mean, lately we've been um, we've been uh, tr at least in my company we've been trying to raise money from from investors that are specifically open to uh, LGBTQ plus founders that want to know how they are doing that would ask about their partners, how they're doing instead of treating this topic like a taboo, which has oftentimes happened even with the current investors that we have with other with other investment uh, um, with, with other founders. The investors would be like, hey, how is your wife? How is your kids with me? They would never ask that. And I was like, ah, like, let's let's get past this and let's treat it as a normal thing. This is, you know, um, my partner is uh, is uh, like you can ask about him. Uh, but anyway, so I so I so I realized that uh, um, I want to sort of make uh, LGBTQ plus uh, entrepreneurs um, mo a more normal um, uh, conversation. I I wanted to create more normal normalcy around it, and then meeting Ignacio, he had the same um, uh, ideas, and we decided to do this together. Um, and then and, and now we are a bit uh, larger, and we have uh, delivered. Uh, talks and conversations and materials 
um, so that to educate uh, VCs, the startup uh, hubs uh, and entrepreneurial networks around Europe. We're still, I would say, in the early stages, but we have we have quite a large network already. When I look at the website, uh, it reads that it's about community, it's about uh, mutual support, and it's about uh, influence. So maybe you tell us a bit more about the three values, what you set uh, as key for, for your business. Yeah, well, well, the community is important because uh, when I, uh, during all my time as a founder, I never found uh, another uh, part, uh, member that was part of the LGBT community yeah. until I found this stuff. So uh, for me, having a reference of someone who is like, it's like doing it and it's doing it super well. It's like a reference in this world and we all need references, right? And for some people it's very easy, for us it's much more difficult because we don't have this, uh, with these people to look uh, after, right? So uh, first we want to build a community and, and, and the goal of the community obviously is to give support to the members and talk about the things that we can talk as founders and the, the things that we cannot talk or is difficult or more challenging for us to express as part of the LGBTQ community and being founders at the same time. And influence, it's, it's also important for us because we don't want to be like just a community. We really want to uh, to change things and we really want, as, uh, as Christos mentioned, to normalize this conversation and we really want to, uh, that there is more, uh, more thoughts in the startup and venture capital uh, worlds on what's diversity and how a diverse ecosystem looks like and we really want to uh, provoke action not, not just being a, a pretty community of people talking about their problems Christophs that is he says you work in healthcare yeah healthcare and um last week i read an article here in, in belgium here we have really a very open accepted lgbtq environment yeah we are i mean i'm married we can adopt children we have uh, effective anti-discrimination laws. Police is very active in when something happens to, to fight it. So we are in effect in a very nice country to be LGBTIQ. There is one topic that came out recently and I didn't really pay attention to it. That is that older LGBTQ people that go to a home, for instance, they are really discriminated. I didn't know that. That's something that popped up. Is this something that you also see? Because this is healthcare, older people. You work for people that are at home, but also if you are linked to home care homes, is it something that you also lift? Did you also encounter that 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 problem? You know, great question. I um, we have we have not uh, seen this, but also because I mean we we work quite little with care homes yeah, yeah. here in Latvia and even if uh, we would I would say that the older generation uh, LGBTQ folk are you know 99% in the closet so they wouldn't they wouldn't probably run into a discrimination because they wouldn't you know disclose their sexuality yeah. um, I think we still in Latvia we for sure have a way to go regarding this in the US, where we also have started to operate, um, this is something that we will have to uh, uh, figure out. We are not in, in, in a stage where, where uh, this has been an issue, but it's actually interesting to bring it up because, um, I mean, 
as much as I've heard is that uh, in the U.S. there are specific uh, elderly homes for LGBTQ plus folks. So, so likely in those communities they won't face uh, discrimination. But if but if they would choose to go to a uh, predominantly st- a straight home or or whatever it's uh, whatever it's called, then then uh, yeah, I mean, interesting that there are challenges. It's uh, unfortunate. But you know, actually, I wanted to bring up one more point uh, to what Ignacio said. Uh, and you know, any marginalized community. Um, don't live up to their potential. And that is because of a lack of representation. When when there is representation of your community, you feel empowered, you feel more confident. And this is really something that we want to um, bring about, what we want to establish. We want to establish more confidence in the gay, in the lesbian, trans, transgender, whatever, in the in the whole LGBTQI plus community, we just want to create more confidence so that they know that people like them have started businesses and have succeeded. I think in in you know uh, for gays and also probably for lesbians, it it has been easier because there are some role models, but for trans people, it, yeah. you know in in the in the um, in uh, at, at least in the um, you know movie industry now, there there is quite a few uh, people that are representing the community. But unfortunately, in the business or startup ecosystem, we haven't seen much of that. And even with gay and gay and lesbian uh, people, we also need more representation. So this is also definitely something that we want to work towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is that I mean, you, you say you want to. To create it is this confidence for people, yeah, that's clear. And what you are doing is, is, is you touch that a problem that uh, of being able to come out to be open when you look for founding, when you look in this environment of founding, yeah, which is quite challenging. I mean, this is this is really quite challenging. Uh, do you have already some some success stories that you say, look, uh, here we were really successful and here we really had uh, achieved something? Because when you are a new organization. You need some success story yeah? because keeping the organization like yours and like our organization, we are running now for 10 years. It is it is a lot of work, but you know we have also the successes. You see that you make a difference in your community. Have you already had these kinds of, of successes? And what on the other side then, what is the biggest challenge that you have? Is it not not people don't want to talk to you? People are still homophobic. People say it's it's personal, it's private. You know all these things. Or how do you deal with that to be nevertheless successful? Ignacio, if I may. Um, so I think we are on our uh, Ignacio. You can correct me later, but I think we're on our way to our success story. And let me let me tell you where I see our success story. Um, we are now reaching out to VCs and trying to educate them. because, you know, in the startup industry, we're nothing without funding. We're nothing without investors. Um, and of course, we can try to make it on our own, but it's very difficult. So mm-hmm. we want to educate the investors by including the LGBTQ plus, uh, um, well, let's call it agenda. We want to include our name in their um, diversity pledge. Many of these VCs have diversity pledges. We yeah. want the LGBTQI plus uh, 
agenda on there so that they recognize that we are, you know, oftentimes they just say about women or people of color, which is very important. No, no questions about that. But we also want to include uh, us there because, yeah. uh, as I mentioned, there are challenges that we face and we really want to normalize the conversation. Um, so we will see the success, at least I will measure the success in how many VCs we can reach and how many start speaking about these issues more publicly. Um, and at least ask their founders, um, you know, how uh, how they're doing, how is their family, how is their partner, how is their kids, and to make that a normal conversation. I think that's going to be a huge win. Um, but of course, we have received um, homophobic remarks and uninterested remarks. You know, uh, we we did a campaign um, perhaps like a month or two ago on LinkedIn where we reached out to many startup organizations around Europe um, asking them if they would like to uh, join our, uh, or if they have somebody to suggest that would join our network. And many of people responded very positively and said, oh, congratulations, this is a great idea. But then many also said, um, you know, uh, I don't think this is needed. We have no problems and this is something personal and I would never ask somebody if they're gay or not. That's Im that's implicit bias because, you know, um, about when you treat it like it's a no problem and you wouldn't you would never you would never ask somebody's sexuality it also means that you don't care about asking how that you treat it as a taboo basically um so so uh we want to of course change that and uh, and uh but yeah it, but but i also have to say that uh, overwhelmingly it was still a positive support um positive feedback but but there were some instances where i was like uh okay this person needs to do more um, self-reflection, more learning um, mm. about these topics, but but um, yeah. So anyway, regarding the successes, I think I think we're still on our way. But but the but we have campaigned before, and we're going to continue mm. doing that. And we are now working with, uh, or at least we have quite a few VCs that we are reaching out to and trying to include LGBTQ plus issues in their diversity pledge. Yeah, I, if I can also add that we are receiving, when we talk about challenges, we receive two kind of uh, negative answers. One of them is like, uh, I don't support what you guys are doing and this is wrong and there's no need for that, uh, which is wrong, right? And we see this more uh, maybe from the East than from the West, if we need to mention that. Uh, but in the West, there is also the opposite uh, attitude, which is not right, which is like, hey guys, this is totally normalized and there's no discrimination. I don't know why you are trying to do this. And this is people who are probably looking through the prism of, of their own countries or their own cultures and they don't see that globally it's not as well accepted as it may be where they are from or in their community. So it's, it's yeah. we really need all of us to think about it as a global problem that we need to Kind of solve together right who is it that you are you are reaching to because this may be more than just the the, the the founders themselves so can you maybe talk through this this like who who is it that you are targeting who is it that uh, maybe after listening the spotlight uh, will need to drop you an email and get in touch uh yeah so start i mean startup founders for sure uh, startup hubs all over Europe we have reached out to. There's usually one organization that kind of uh, oversees the startup uh, environment in this in a specific country. Uh, most of them are on our radar and we have sent emails to them. 
but we of course welcome anybody who's interested in finding us uh, finding out more and potentially joining our community we of course encourage them to uh, send us drop us an email or write to us on linkedin or check out our webpage and write us there um, you know we really welcome any additional uh, people that care about uh, these issues and want to put our agenda on top of uh, the diversity um, uh, yeah let's say pledge um, so if, uh, if if this topic is close to you let's join and let's do more we can do more together and if the more people the better is there any geographical limitations or did you put any 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 borders to to your activity you know you know it's uh, as as Ignacio as as Ignacio is showing no but but you know there there are organizations uh, like this in the US uh, it's called start out uh, so uh, for US there's already an existing organization for Europe uh, specifically for startups uh, we are not aware of any other organization so uh, as long as you identify that you're in Europe uh, you're you're welcome to reach out to us do you also have some allies so so in fact we know that from our work that uh, working with LGBT people is, is very necessary and we meet them, we talk, but if you want to reach out and you want to really grow, having a link to allies, so non-LGBT people who more than sympathize with you, who say, look, we want to support this because we understand the value of what you do. They are not, they're not homophobic, they're the opposite of homophobic. Yeah? And, and do you also have that in your planning? Do you have also allies that support you, although they are not LGBTIQ? Yeah, yeah, of course. We, we will like to uh, reach out to as many people as possible who it's not they don't necessarily need to be part of the community. They can be supporters of diversity and inclusion as we all should should be, right? So if you care about inclusion, if you care about diversity, if you really want to know more or know how to uh, spread the word or implement this diversity better in your organization, uh, please reach out to us. Let's look maybe five, ten years ahead. So what do we see or what do you want to see? Ideally, uh, you know, LGBT topics would not uh, even come up. We would all be human and just, you know, love whoever no. we love. And that's the ideal world. But the world is not ideal and LGBT issues will still be an issue. Uh, LGBT issue is, will, uh, challenges will still be an issue in many countries around Europe and around the world. So. Uh, there will still be a need for a company like LGBTQ plus founders. We believe that. Um, I would like to see, um, I would like to see the startup world be being even more accepting, and especially the investors being even more receptive and accepting of uh, of uh, people that come from our community. Uh, I would love to see a famous um, trans founder. Uh, I would love to see more famous uh, CEOs and founders that are gay and lesbian and, and all the other uh, and all the other members of the community. Uh, so that I would really, really love to see. And if we have been a part of uh, how to say bringing about or grooming people like that, um, oh, my God, that, that would be just uh, incredible. So, I mean, we will we will be here to support the community, to support each other and to make sure that uh, the LGBT issues is at the forefront of, of the uh, diversity uh, policies in, in a startup world at least, and maybe even um, more uh, other businesses. But hey guys, I mean, I think we should really collaborate more because you really work with the business uh, 
with the business world yeah. and the startups are businesses uh just maybe you know smaller and maybe a bit more agile in in, in some sense but but in many ways we run similar organizations we're just much uh, younger i mean this is now my biggest learning from our talk now for thinking about uh, three quarters is that uh i must say in the beginning it was totally not clear what you wanted to do where you came from but now it's clear that we have a lot of points that where we touch each other, where we really meet, because what we do is also the, is the same kind of work. You focus on a specific thing, uh, but we also we were aware that that's founding and especially in a, in a, in a new environment. Uh, I remember that when we were in Vienna, Pavel, we met a few times people that with, with or even found people that put money in, in companies, digital companies, and we had a meeting with them. I still remember that it was in India and it, it, it really didn't work. I mean, he had no idea what we were talking about. For him, this was clearly something that it's not an issue. But I cannot I cannot imagine that you work in this environment where you have a lot of young people, yeah? young people that think in a different way, that have a different, that think out of the out of the bubble every day. And these people that I I meet them also, uh, they, they don't make a big deal of it. Yeah, I mean, they have they have. They don't look at color. They don't look at if it's a woman or a man, if he's gay or not. It is no longer an issue. They look at this is a good guy. This is a good colleague. This is somebody with something to add. So I think there the need from the side of companies itself is very recognizable. And therefore, I think that what you're doing is really something that is perfectly timed and, and, and fits also what we are doing then in our region, in our way of, of moving, because uh, especially Pavel is good at that. I mean, he's the one doing that. Uh, the topic of business and finding new businesses and moving business into this recognition is something that is, is also our topic. So therefore, I'm, I'm quite happy to see the these points of, of, of recognition that I see. And I'm super, super grateful that, uh, that we met, that we could talk. And how does it maybe in a more details, how does it fit this whole cooperation literal process? So what ISMITFAS is doing already for some time in Central Eastern Europe is uh, advocating uh, supply diversity. So corporates, but not only corporates, this could also be like different municipalities. Yeah. So whoever is buying should look also where is it uh, procured? So, so what companies are in the value chain? Is it only the, the one type of companies or are these also diverse businesses? And uh, are these also businesses uh, run, owned by LGBTIQ community? So this is something what we what we do already for some time. There is a growing number of corporate partners, but this is for the existing businesses. And uh, what is nice uh, now with the conversation with you, Ignacio and uh, Christos, that we could potentially kind of enlarge because we need some somehow the coverage of, okay, so if you are not yet... Uh, a business if you are still basically between like like not not uh, not setting up the business and uh, and jumping in the cold water and uh, being recognized and get the funding get the support so this is the part which uh, which you can fill in great then maybe we can think about also some some next uh, series or, or next uh, next events together Great. Ludo, would you like to have a final question or final final thing to say? Of Come course, on. and I look at my paper, have a, and also prepare. Then you will prepare, you know. On paper, yes. Look, this is this is something new. It's a new invention. It's called paper. It's very durable. It's very economical. It's very okay with nature. It's it's wonderful. You should try it once. Paper. <laughs> you have a pen. You have a thing, and it's it's wonderful. Honestly, it's it's something new, very new. Yeah. <laughs>
you know the, the other one and the, the other day i was reading on my on my tablet uh, sorry i was reading a book i usually read on my tablet right so i was reading a book uh, a physical book and then i found myself like doing this pinching on the on the on the page <laughs> it was a super stupid moment like what am i doing <laughs> this is also something that me and pavel always have somewhere i mean he's the digital guy he's one generation younger and he does everything paperless and i was always making a lot when we worked together a lot of paper with me yeah? i mean because i like paper it gives me some stability because that thing here now that stands in front of me it's very nice but then the battery is low or this is low or that is low you know paper never disappoints it always helps you so i just would like to end this and, and i would like to thank uh, both of you ignacio and christopher for your cooperation of being being our guests um uh, I'm sure that many people will react to it. You will agree with Pavel also when this, because he will edit it, even it will be uh, published. And uh, I'm sure that uh, what we learned today is something useful for, I think, many people that listen to the podcast, but on the other hand, also for us as East Meets West, because I think there are many things we could in the future work together about. And this is very, very positive, and I'm very pleasantly surprised by it. So thank you once again for being our guests. And I hope it brings you also some new contacts because we all knew we all need contacts, yeah. Um, but I actually I wanted to ask Ignacio, Ignacio, where are you paying your taxes? <laughs> well, actually, yes, I'm a digital nomad without a true digital nomad without no uh, without fixed tax residence. I, I don't pay my taxes anywhere because I don't uh, I'm not a tax resident in any country. That usually when you say that people say wow that's so cool you don't pay taxes but you have to think of what you don't get in exchange you don't get uh, social security you have to pay for a private health insurance you don't have pension uh, schemes or anything any kind of protection from the government because you, you don't belong to any government so you have to take care of all that stuff yourself but ignacio i i admire you you know when i hear your lifestyle i get i get hair on my on my, my, my arms here that this is this is different generation, yeah? I want to be stable with my two feet on the ground and I want to know where I am when I'm 60. You know, this kind of feeling, I mean, this this, this for me. I worked as an expert, that's why I met Pavel. We, I, I worked in different countries in Central Eastern Europe, but always like linked to Belgium, where I live now once. I went back there, I went my pension. So this is, this is a, it's a different type of person. This is, you are the future. You're a different type of person who doesn't, it's not linked to, 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 to a country, I mean, the, the, the whole world is in fact your home, yeah? But I think that sometimes that might also cause some problems simply because you don't have this, 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 this paperwork, which is very often essential, yeah? I mean, uh, when you are ill, you have to have good treatment. If you want to get married, you're linked to a country. Eh? You're not, that, all these things I think are, but I'm, I, I think it's, it's amazing that we have that. I think it's uh, because I must be honest, my lifestyle is very boring. Yeah, boring and uh, comfortable. It's a typical question that you people from HR ask you when you go for a new job in a company. Where do you want to be in five or ten years? Yeah, and then I think to myself, I don't know. Or you could say, I want to be the boss. I mean, this is, this is a typical HR question. So therefore, we put it there to know. But we had we had also the same topic because we started. And we had no idea where it would be. We had no idea where really in the beginning where to go or how long it will be. In the meantime, we have this. Uh, but I think that that, that that it's it's difficult to say. But I'm 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 looking forward to what you say to this.